and starts clattering around looking for breakfast. Does she know already? It doesn't seem like it. She barely dealt with their separation. If she knew he was dead, I doubt she'd be standing upright. I'm worried about how she'll handle this. He was famous enough that it'll be in the news somewhere. She's going to find out. I really ought to tell her now. Morning, I say to Mum, as if nothing unusual were happening. Morning, love, she says, turning half around, giving me a sleepy grin. Mum cracks an egg on the side of the pan. She's clearly no longer in a vegan phase. The time to speak seems to pass as I stand doing nothing. Ham reappears, claws clicking on the tiles with every step he takes. He's a hunting dog, a compressed spring of grey fur and sinew. His snout is long and regal, but his head is topped by a crown of pale fluff, which reminds me of a newborn chicken. He presses his damp head against my hand. Despite all the crimes I've committed against him, the vet visits and worming tablets and forced walks in the rain, Ham believes I'm a good person. He grumbles as I knead his shoulders. Mum's name is Persephone. Though she's keen on reinvention, so I think her actual birth certificate might say something different. She's not close with her parents. Mum is tall and wiry, with blonde hair like fraying rope. I think the best way to explain her is to say that she doesn't do a lot, or more that she starts things and then doesn't finish them, whether that's a letter or a book or a meal, or a long-running plan to set up a crystal shop. She's interested in the restorative power of crystals. She's also interested in tarot cards, numerology, past-life regression, ancient astronaut theories, Reiki, and books by people who've met angels or changed their lives through positive thinking. The perfect partner for a professional ghost expert like Dad. Or should have been, at least. Mum's less interested in getting a job or cleaning the house or going to parent-teacher conferences. I think Dad must have handled the money side of things, despite the split. So don't go thinking I've had it rough. Power cut off, or empty boxes at Christmas, or anything like that. We're good customers at the organic food shops, and since the start of high school, I've always had the right sneakers, the proper haircut, clothes with brand names, which is important if I want to keep hanging around with Kirk and Mark and the rest of them. I don't know what's going to happen about money now that Dad's gone. I notice Mum's looking out the window with a glazed expression, which makes me think she's already had one of her pain pills. See, Mum has these things called cluster headaches. I feel bad enough when I have a normal standard issue headache, like someone's wrapping a rope around my skull. But cluster headaches are the Premier League of headaches. Worse than a migraine. They're so bad it's like someone is driving a red-hot spike into your face, according to the pamphlets that give family members to help us understand the condition.
When mum has an attack going on, she has to retreat to her bedroom with the curtains firmly drawn and stay in there for days and days with a blindfold over her eyes and ice on her forehead. So that's how things are with mum. She's not that bad, to be honest. We get along pretty well, because she's really not that interested in how I do at school, or who my friends are, and how long I stay out with them. Which is what my friends fight with their parents about. She's weird, but at least she doesn't drink on weeknights like Kirk's mother, and doesn't have a rictus smile and flowchart of polite questions like Mark's, who I think is a maternal android that his dad constructed from a mail-order kit. Bit of a blue deer, Mum says. There's nothing about the deer that could...